Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. There is an everlasting kindness lavished upon us. How beautiful. So I want to share for you a word from the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to just read half of two different verses. This comes from uh, uh, the Sermon on the Plain, so-called. Uh, this is starting in verse 21, and it says, uh, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. And then down in verse 25, he uh, follows that and says, But woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Thanks be to God for that very good word. So let me read to you uh, the lyrics of a song. I wake up, check my phone. Hey, the world is ending. Did you know? But my boss is going to freak if I don't show, so I go. Off to work, stare at the screen. Hey, the world is sort of ending. Did you see? Someone's talking about the new reality on TV. Someone lit themselves on fire in the middle of the square. Feels like everything is ending and I am barely there. And I am not a quitter. I just need a chance to grieve. And if I could have just one thing, it'd be something to believe. Get a call. Oh, how nice. If I make a big donation, we'll be fine. Politicians setting ransom. Here's the price for your rights. Back at home, can't relax. I recall the active shooter drills in class. And half the world don't even care about the facts. Someone lit themselves on fire in the middle of the square. Feels like everything is ending. And I am barely there. And I'm not a quitter. I just need a chance to grieve. And if I could have just one thing, it'd be something to believe. That's the lyrics to a song written by a young man in his 20s. For seven years, I was a pastor to youth and to college students, and I've, one of my kind of core things about is ministry is to just do lots and lots of listening, to always put my ear to the ground and, and just listen to what is really happening in people's lives and in their hearts. And when I heard that song, I, I said, that is it. I mean, that just says one of just the huge kind of crippling experiences of our generation, especially our young people. Everything is ending, and I am barely there. I read in the news about a famine that is stirring in Somalia right now. They said that the last famine in Somalia, that was in 2011, 260,000 people died, and that all the weather events that are happening right now are significantly worse than the events that precipitated that famine. And then you have the war in Ukraine, which is plummeting the food supply that would have been there to... Uh, help uh, people in a famine in northern Africa, but that's gone. And uh, global inflation is making it more expensive for anyone to help anywhere, anyone anywhere in the world. And so uh, they are projecting that this famine will just be way worse, just way worse than the one that happened uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And when I read that, I felt like, man, everything is ending, and I'm just barely there. Have you ever felt like so many terrible things are happening in this world and it just feels like it's on this kind of big giant slide into the pit of total annihilation and destruction? My friends, there is a word for that feeling and that word is 
despair. Despair is defined as the absence or the complete loss of hope. Despair is when you look around at all the hurt and pain in the world uh, and you feel like things can only get worse. Despair is when you give up on the idea that, that there's lots of good people in the world around you. Despair is when you decide that you can't trust anyone. When you feel like you can't trust your own neighbors, the people at the grocery store. Despair is when you feel like you can't trust your doctors or the hospital or the police or, or uh, churches or, or whatever, you name it. Despair is when you believe that your life or the world around you is doomed to be destroyed. Despair is when you feel like everything's going to be uh, ruined by ecological collapse or nuclear war. Despair is the drug that social media is pushing our way, that the news media is pushing our way. It kind of thrives on those things. Fear and anger and despair. Fear and anger and despair. The more you despair, the more you turn on that news and watch those commercials and the more money they make. The more you despair, the more you click on that clickbait and the more money they make. And Jesus lived in a time of incredible despair. Didn't you know? I mean, the, the whole uh, uh, temple in Jerusalem, that was a whole institution. Thousands of people were, you know, uh, that was completely corrupted by that time. I mean, they weren't even pretending to do things the right way anymore. They were selling, you know, offices, this kind of thing. Um, uh, political violence and instability had become the, the norm. Heads were rolling all the time. Uh, the kings, the prefects all around them were just awful if you go and study the history of that time. Um, and, and people, normal people, the people that Jesus was doing life with, living next to, uh, they were getting poorer and poorer. They are being uh, taxed into starvation. Every night they were going to bed hungry, desperately trying to avoid debt, because if they went into debt, uh, they were on the fast track uh, to being sold into literal slavery. Jesus was surrounded by despair. And what He said to those people was this, Blessed are you who hunger right now, because you're going to be satisfied. But woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. So where does Jesus get off saying something like that to these poor, desperate people around Him? Because if He's kind of, uh, you know, uh, manipulating poor people, right, to, to garner their attention, He certainly isn't the last person to do that, right? History uh, has no shortage of people who have kind of taken advantage of desperate, hungry people to kind of achieve their own selfish ends. But the thing is, is that Jesus believed that in Him, God was bringing a new kingdom to the world. Jesus was born into, you know, the Apostle Paul calls the, this time that Jesus was born into, he calls it this present evil age. This present evil age was controlled by the kingdoms of this world and operated under the principles of sin and selfishness and injustice. But Jesus was the Messiah, okay? He was the anointed one, the Son of Man, who was going to usher in that new kingdom, something refreshing and something redemptive for the world that you and I live in, something that would last forever, uh, a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, a kingdom characterized uh, by faith in God and justice for one another, with uh, Jesus at the very center of everything. And at the time, most of the Jews would have said, okay, when the Messiah comes 
it's going to be like it's going to be like a blitz. It's going to come down like, and it's going to be this instantaneous change of everything. Okay, uh, this Messiah is going to come. He's going to turn everything over immediately, and the kingdom of God will be here forever. But Jesus said in his ministry, if you look at the things that he taught and the things that he said. Uh, in Jesus' ministry, Jesus taught that actually the kingdom of God is going to grow slow and quiet like a mustard seed. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is going to rise like yeast in the dough, okay, unseen and silent. And Jesus said that He was going to lay down His life to bring that kingdom to us. And He said that if we want to, to grow the kingdom, what we would have to do is imitate Jesus. Slow, quiet, vulnerable, self giving love. So what that means is that ever since uh, Jesus, humans, we, you and I, we have lived in this kind of interim phase of history. Like everything is terrible and you want God to immediately make all that kind of go away. But Jesus says, uh, you're not going to get that. Like this redemption stuff, this kingdom of God stuff, it doesn't just come once and for all overnight. So uh, you can imagine a Venn diagram, or you can just look at it up, up on the screen um, if it comes. There it goes. Uh, so uh, if you look at that, the first circle represents the, this, this present evil age, the age of human history before Jesus. And the second circle to the right represents the age to come, the kingdom of God on earth, the redemption of all things, heaven on earth, a kingdom ruled completely by the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the overlap between those two ages is the age that began when Jesus Christ came and will be completed when Jesus Christ returns. And you and I live in both kingdoms at the same time. You and I live in this present e evil age, and we also live in the kingdom of God on earth. You and I live in the age of despair and also the age of hope. But here's the most important thing about all that. What is coming for us? What is history moving toward in that Venn diagram? According to Jesus, is history moving toward despair? Or is it moving toward hope? Is the world moving toward starvation? Or is the world moving toward satisfaction? The answer, according to Jesus, is satisfaction. Jesus brings a message of hope. Hope for you, whatever injustice you are facing in life. Hope for our world. Whether the forecast is environmental disaster or nuclear war or the wrong guy getting in office or whatever it is that you are just certain is going to ruin everything. Jesus says that in Him, now, history is moving toward hope. Jesus has good news for your life and for this world that we're living in. No matter what you're going through, okay, no matter what you're seeing out there in the big bad world, in Jesus, the kingdom of God has come and it is coming even more. And in that kingdom of hope that He is bringing, all those who are hungry right now are going to be satisfied. The times they are a change in. When I was a kid, uh, anytime mom was not in the car, uh, uh, dad would put on Bob Dylan. 
And uh, if you've ever listened to Bob, uh, Bob Dylan's voice, you can, under, you can appreciate why some people can't stand to listen to Bob Dylan. That was my mom, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I want to read you the lyrics of another song, a second song. Let's get two today. And this is a song by Bob Dylan, something I remember listening to with Dad. And uh, Dylan wrote this song in 1963, which if you uh, were there, I wasn't. Um, that was a crazy year. The, year. the years preceding 1960 were crazy. Years after, you know, the 60, it was the 60s. Uh, but anyway, this is what Bob Dylan wrote. Come gather round people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone. If your time to you is worth saving, you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone, for the times they are a-changing. You better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone, for the times they are a-changing. In the 1960s, the world changed. And a lot of people tried to deny that change. A lot of people tried to stop that change. Uh, uh, and they all, uh, for the most part, failed. Okay, No matter what you do, you cannot get the 1950s back. At the end of the day, it did not matter whether you liked the changes or not. The times were a-changing, regardless of your opinion on the matter. And what Bob Dylan said was, you better start bracing for these changes because they are coming. You better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Adjust your expectations for a new age that is coming. That's what Bob Dylan was kind of saying. That's what Jesus was kind of saying. A new kingdom is coming. A kingdom of hope is coming. The times they are changing. A new kingdom of faith and justice centered around Jesus. And some people might prefer darkness and despair. Okay? Have you ever met someone that kind of enjoyed complaining? Like, they didn't really want things to change because they just enjoyed, like, feeling sorry for themselves? Like, you kind of get that feeling uh, that, that they just almost want things to just stay Awful. I have known people like this. Well, a new age of hope is dawning, Jesus says. A new kingdom based on faith and justice in King Jesus. And there's going to be people who just want to grab on to fear and anger and despair, even while that kind of ship is sinking. Like sometimes, um, uh, you know... Um, you know, people just kind of like that kind of level of misery. But whether you like it or not, the times they are a changing. God's kingdom, uh, uh, God's kingdom uh, of heaven on earth, it has arrived, and it is uh, filling the earth all around us. Good things are happening in the world if you uh, if you pay if you're looking for it. Do you know that? Um, so you can think about this famine in Somalia where all these people are and will be going hungry. But actually, if you take kind of the 10,000-foot view, uh, for years and years now, world hunger has been plummeting. Like there's way less world hunger than there was 50 years ago. Way less. It's doing this overall. It's doing a disappearing act. What Jesus said is literally being actualized before our very eyes. The that the hungry are being satisfied. That might not be what you see on uh, the news or on social media, right? 
because there's no fear and anger and despair in that. So what kind of person are you going to choose to be? Are you going to be an age of despair person or are you going to be an age of hope person? Are you going to be a person of despair or a person of hope? Are you going to keep your eyes on everything that's going wrong and everything that's awful? Or are you going to keep your eyes on the hope that God is giving to this world? The kingdom of God is a kingdom of hope. So are you a person of hope? Do you choose to look at world hunger or do you choose to look at all the good people who are doing such great work to fix that? You get to choose which age, which kingdom you want to be a part of. Are you going to be a presence of hope? Are you going to radiate hope to the people around you? Are you going to represent hope to this community that you live in right now? Hope to the world in which you live? Or uh, are you going to do work for things like you know, fixing hunger in this community, addressing hunger in this world. I mean, you hear these people who are so full of judgment and despair and negativity. And, you know, is that what you really see Jesus doing here in Luke chapter 6? Is that the kind of person that Jesus was? Be a person of hope. Be the person who believes Jesus, who believes that the times they are a change and that the world is moving towards food for the hungry, blessings for the poor, hope for the world. Be that kind of person. All right, let me just bring this all full circle uh, and then we'll, we'll close things out. The first songwriter said this. He said, I am not a quitter. I just need a chance to grieve. And if I could have just one thing, it'd be something to believe. That's the, that's the voice, let's say, of the, of the young people in this generation. There's no shortage of cynics and fear-mongerers and negative people in this world. The media is saturated with critical people. The neighborhood is saturated with critical people. Even religion is saturated with critical people. People to criticize what everyone else is doing wrong. People who can't take their eyes off this present evil age. And the consequence of that is that the world around you is starving. I mean, young people are starving for something to believe in. Because no one else is giving it to them. People are so desperate for someone to come into their life and speak up and say, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's a super bright light, something real, something authentic, something you can actually believe in. Be that person of hope for them. Jesus is laying a choice right on the table in front of you. Are you going to give this generation the gift of hope? Are you going to believe the good news of the Gospel with your whole life? That in Jesus, the Kingdom of God is available to you and to the whole world. All you have to do is say yes to it. Uh, just this year, our church has raised over $1,200 for the Raw Raw Food Pantry uh, to give food to the hungry. We already raised thousands of dollars for missions to help the poorest of the poor across Virginia and across the country. Uh, we're going to raise a lot more this Thanksgiving. We're going to give. Uh, we're going to bring Thanksgiving meals to about a hundred lonely, isolated, hungry people 
right here in this community. After that, we're going to do another fundraiser for the Raw Raw Food Pantry. After that, we're going to raise even more money for world missions in December. It is amazing what God is doing through this one little church, ushering in God's good news across this world. In your obedience to Christ, you are a part of the solution. You are givers, generous givers. You are a part of God's good news for the world. That's a great thing. You get to be a part of God's kingdom. You get to be a part of this church and all the great things that we are doing. You get to be followers of Jesus, ushering in the kingdom of hope. This week, may you be the hope that the people around you so desperately want for their life. Uh, just three things real quick I want to share with you. You can bring those up on the, bring the first one up on the screen. The first thing this, I want you to practice this week is this. Keep your eyes on hope instead of despair. You are going to be presented with opportunities to give your energy and attention to the terrible things that are happening around you or that could happen down the road. And make a conscious choice to keep your eyes on hope. I was at the dentist and they were clawing and sucking away my mouth for you know seven hours. Not that long, but about that way. And they said, how, how are things? I said, you know, I'm just so grateful to, to, to be in a place where I can have this kind of, I can, I can be taken care of like this by such great people like you. And someone from across the room was like, man, I wish all our patients talked like that. It's so refreshing to be a person of hope, right? The people around you are desperate for it, so, so do that. Uh, number two is this, real quick. Reduce news intake. Fear, anger, despair. Fear, anger, despair. You really only need like this much news in your life, okay? Let's, let's get real, Okay. Um, it's not going, you're not going to make more money by watching more news, right? You're not going to have more time with your family by watching more news. So just bring it down because that is the fear, anger, despair machine. And the last thing is this. Be a giver. The kingdom of God is, uh, it, it is a gift to the world. Be a part of that kingdom and be a generous giver in your life. And uh, you won't regret it. Let's go to a time of prayer together. Loving and generous God, You are bringing a new kingdom to this world, a new way of living our life, a new way of relating to one another. And it is a kingdom where the hungry are well fed. We give thanks to You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, and for this kingdom. And we pray, Lord, that each of us will embody that kingdom of hope every single day, and every single relationship this week. It's in the great name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. The good news of the Gospel is that in Jesus, the Kingdom of Heaven is available to you and to the whole world. Today, if you have never uh, invited Jesus into your heart, I invite you to, make the, to, to confess that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead and become a part of that kingdom with me. If you are not an active member of a congregation in this season, I invite you to, to join this church uh, and what God is doing uh, right here. Uh, I'll be down front as we stand and sing together. Let's sing.